On today's complicated conversation, we are thrilled to chat with Arielle Haller-Silverstone, the writer and co-producer of Love Reconsidered, an indie rom-com about a down-on-her-luck New Yorker whose life is suddenly transferred to the Hamptons after a chance meeting with a wealthy consignment store owner. Ari comes from an acting background in addition to her writing and producing work. In 2018, she created and starred in the short film Sac de Merde. Sac went on to screen in over 200 film festivals around the world, winning over 65 awards. Love Reconsidered is in select theaters and is now streaming when this comes out. So welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Ari. Thank you. We are so excited to have you. As you know, we had the great pleasure of being part of the Hamptons premiere of this so movie. Fun. So, so fun. for that, we got the advanced screener. So we love and we loved the movie and we were coming in to watch it and then do a panel discussion with you. But sitting there then watching it in the theater yeah. was a whole nother experience for us. <laughs> like the energy hearing the With people a packed laugh. audience yeah yes. it was so fun yeah so we we screened it at the western beach performing arts center loved it was that the first time you and your producing partner sj and your director carol hartzell was that the first time you guys saw it on screen or no, we in a theater with an audience in the theater with an audience yes maybe i think it was with an audience you hadn't had it yet you know, that cut, we had seen it in theaters, like with our own cut. And then that was the first time we had seen like our distributors cut, which um, they made some changes, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the first time we had seen like the completed movie um, in theaters with an audience. Yeah. I bet it doesn't get old, even if it was the second or third or fourth time, right? It doesn't. No. I think, you know, you're always, I think I'm always worried. I'm like, did we make a good movie or a bad movie? And I think that every time you see it with an audience and you hear the laughter, you hope, um, and, you know, you just sort of feel the energy, it sort of alleviates your fears a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit, you know? I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's so crazy that making art is just that way. Like, you study things, you know things, you talk about things, you do things, and then ultimately it comes out and you don't know how people respond. And Mm -hmm. it just, you know, for all the stuff that goes in the back end of it, it's binary. Do people think it's good or bad? People aren't very nuanced often in their (laughs) reception of things. So are they going to think it's good or it's bad? This movie is great, but it is crazy to not, you don't, you, it's hard to tell when you're Mm -hmm. in it, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, a lot of things landed there. People loved it in the audience that you did get the laughs when you yeah. needed to and the reactions and and we loved that energy. That um, so this movie does have an amazing ensemble cast and we're going to talk about them um, and a lot of different threads and storylines. But we like to start with our protagonist, our female protagonist, and this really is Ruby's story and a a real journey of self-discovery for her. And I know from that and from you personally that this has a very true life inspiration. So as a screenwriter, tell us more about Ruby and the story yeah. behind your story here. I mean, so much of what I wrote for Ruby really happened to me, and I really did 
you know, follow this guy to the Hamptons and open up a consignment store. And I really, you know, all of these things happened. And I had never really spent a lot of time in the Hamptons, like maybe a few times on vacation with my family, but we were not like summering here. We were not summer people here. That wasn't a part of my life. And so when I got here, I was so, (laughs) I think I was like in awe of the community, both like the local community and the summer community, how those worlds collide, how I experienced myself in both of those communities. And I also found myself like with no place to live um, because (laughs) my ex-boyfriend who in his defense, we weren't even really dating when I moved here. He was like, we weren't even together. (laughs) We're making it seem like I left you stranded like on the side (laughs) of the road. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, for, you know, but that's how it felt inside, you know, Yeah. Um, which I think all women can relate to. And mm-hmm. anyway, and I really found myself like, where am I going to live? I signed this lease for this storefront in Southampton. Like, where am I going to go? And um, I ended up in a trailer for like probably three to four months with this guy named John. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. how that went down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love so it. So you put a lot it. of that into Ruby. Yeah, that's I did. Sure. And I think I, mm-hmm. you know, when I opened the store, I started writing and I was working with a really just excellent writing coach whose name is Timothy Cooper. And at first it was a pilot and we did a reading of that pilot at the cultural center. And the feedback was everybody just wanted more of Ruby. Um, and even though we had these other characters who were fruitful and exciting, Ruby really felt so real and relatable to them. And so that's when I decided to make the feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Ruby is drawn from your real life, you also add in other threads uh, into the movie and under the theme of love reconsidered. And we see it love reconsidered from different perspectives, different points of view. There's the guy who edits porn and has a mom fetish, the gay couple where one guy pushes back to be independent and doesn't want to be a kept man, which is a trope we see often with a, a woman. But here you, you've you changed that. Uh, we also have Helena and Dan, the married couple that spices it up with another couple, and the teenage girl who is trying to figure out what sex and love really are versus expectations and reality and, and what you might see portrayed um, and what she wants it to be. So I want to hear more about the inspiration for those threads and how you develop those storylines. Totally. I think one of my favorite storylines is the young girl who is played by Mm -hmm. one of my really good friends, Amelia, who's sort of experiencing sex for the first time. And I feel like it's still, you know, I was such such a late bloomer, which I think a lot of people can relate to. And I was always Mm -hmm. sort of fascinated on like how sex even happens, like as teenagers, as people in college. And I think that I was always struck by feeling I had to feel like I was way older than I actually was. And I still mm-hmm. feel that way. Like I, that there's this yeah. pressure to be more mature than you really are. And I think that's what really inspired me to write that particular vignette. It really, anyway, so that's what sort of inspired me for that. And then the swingers, I had heard a story when I was in New York about these suburban couples that go to swinger events and Mm -hmm. what that does to their relationship. And then I started hearing more stories about suburban couples who go to swingers events. And I was like, what does that even do to your relationship and why, you know, I mean, cool. Like that's cool. But I just wanted, I wanted to sort of investigate that more. Um, And then with the gay couple that was originally 
like that was a young woman and an older man. And I think once the actors, Javi and Colton came on board, we wanted to investigate what it would actually mean to have sort of an LGBTQ angle. And I think that they really rose to the occasion and it felt really right for the movie to have that kind of experience in the movie also, because it is a different, you know, it's a different kind of love, but it's also the same. It's different and it's the same. So like, how do we incorporate those things? And for the porn guy, I had heard a story many years ago about a guy who, and it was a porn director actually, who couldn't get turned on by just like regular sex anymore. He would get turned on by very benign things that women would do. And that always intrigued me. I was always like, that is the best thing I've ever heard. You know? I love how that, that it was evolving right up until shooting when you were oh it was evolving not- during yeah. shooting yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like great Colton and Javi came on board and we were like okay we're gonna adjust this now you know yeah. um, we were writing the script day of like for sure love that. oh wow oh that's so cool yeah I also just love you know the writer's mind and how everything's material like these oh, things yeah. you've been collecting or these stories you hear you're like there's there's more there like I like you said with the swingers like you're like I don't know I don't judge but it's interesting. Like, what does that do? Let's explore you know, so that. Yeah. Let's explore through through the writing. Um, all right. So you have these ideas. These you write this. So tell us, like, what happens next? I mean, how does this uh, indie rom com find its way to actual oh movie God. theaters for Valentine's <laughs> Day? Because we know from our panel with you that at some point, director Carol Hartzell comes on board. We know your producing partner SJ is involved. Like, but. You shoot in the Hamptons. I mean, how does this happen? And then you need to get distribution rights, which is something people don't really understand. I still don't understand it. Right. (laughs) There's a big learning curve here. And you guys have experienced it. Um, Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, It was a lot. And we'd be producing boot camp. It Mm -hmm. was like I went to film school in like a week. And this is how it works, you know? I always sort of feel like I have a hunch about stuff sometimes, not all the time, but like a little bit. Sometimes I have a hunch if I feel if I feel <laughs> the timing is right for something. And I felt this that the timing was really, really right to film because we were sort of at the tail end of COVID. Not a ton of content was coming out. Um, there wasn't a lot of rom-coms that we could mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I just sort of felt in my bones, like I, I felt like I had to do it then. Like if I waited... I was going to sort of miss this opportunity of like getting the actors that I wanted to get and stuff like that. And so I pushed really hard to start filming. I went to the first investor. The first investor was me. Um, But the second Mm -hmm. investor (laughs) was somebody named um, Wes Hall, who I had met when I did my short. And he sort of said, you know, the next thing that you're doing, let me know. And so I called him and I said, I'm doing this thing. He's like, what do you think? So he threw me a couple bucks, which was so generous. And then um, our main EP, whose name is Ian Stone, um, came into the store one day and said, I, I happen to want to make a movie. What are you doing? And then that's how all of this came together. Oh, my wow. God. I mean, it was so, so, like in Yiddish, we say Bashar. It was just like the right time at the right place. And Fate, the right kismet. Call. What? Right. Yes, yes. All of the things. Yes. Oh, my oh, God. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't surprise me though, Ari. I could just see you striking up this conversation with this guy and then somehow it comes out that you've written a movie and <laughs> he wants to executive produce it. I just feel like that's your energy, which is amazing. Thank and Thank yes. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. um we filmed it and we didn't have distribution, which I'm not sure I would do again. Right. 
I think I would always try to have distribution before I started filming. Um, Mm -hmm. And the sales agent for this movie was also Sophie, who's the star, who plays Ruby. He was a sales agent for her last movie. So he reached out to us and said, can we help sell this movie for you? And I said, yes, you can. Uh, Absolutely. Come on board. And then we were introduced to our distributor, who's now taking it to theaters and putting it on streaming services, et cetera. Uh, And Corinne, she loves her lawyer as the two lawyers on the phone. And I told her, your husband is an entertainment lawyer. Ari loves her lawyer. You know, not everyone loves lawyers. Ari loves her lawyer. (laughs) Shout out to Scott Goldman. Um, He is the backbone of my life. Like, you know, he's the backbone. I will say entertainment lawyers are often overlooked and they are the backbone of production and of so many people's lives to get things actually done. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Love that. Yes. (laughs) Well, I want to talk more about the cast because the (laughs) there's some important names in this cast. Not least of all, but most important to me <laughs> was Luke from Summer House. Kate didn't even mention him when she was first telling me. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Luke from Summer House is in this? Dying. Mm-hmm. When we were at the pack, we talked to Carol about how conscientious he was, how he was really like a good actor and trying and would, would go take her direction really well and, and try really hard in his scenes. I love that about him. But how did that come to be? Because I need to know that. That's such a good question. I mean, I really have to give <laughs> such kudos to my now producing partner, whose name is um, SJ. Uh, her mm. name's SJ Alaco. And she cast this whole thing. She is, apart from Scott and Ian and Wes and Carol and all the amazing ta- – like, she is – the most amazing casting director I've ever worked with. She would create these lists for us. I mean, we had no money. Like we just had no, like there wasn't a lot of money here. And she would create these lists for people that really wanted to act. I mean, of course we paid and we paid scale and or more or whatever, but she really cultivated such an incredible list of actors for us to choose from. And when we saw Luke, he was just so perfect for this kind of role it was and he was yeah. hungry and he wanted it and he was he was so process driven and he took and and the hard the hardest thing about that role of John is that you have to have an actor that takes it seriously because if he knows he's being funny it's not funny that's and, right it's true you know it's just mm-hmm. not it's unfunny actually it doesn't land yeah <laughs> it doesn't yeah. land uh-uh. and so he like he embodied who this person was and took it so seriously um, that it was just the funniest thing we'd ever seen. I mean, we were just dying like on the floor. And yeah. it also encompassed who the real John was. Right. The real John was really good looking. And, you know, literally I showed up to the trailer in East Quag and I was like, oh, like, oh my God, that's what it's to be. And he he was like this uh, plumber maybe or like a handyman. Yeah. Anyway, and I was moving into the store and he'd be like, hey, like, do you want me to pop by and just like put some shelves up or like, what do you need? And it was like the best. And it was awesome. You know? Yes. So I this, mean, you, you have to, to have a straight that, face right. when you're like, let me give you a tour of Literally, this room. Literally. But he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. And, so he, and, and the actual trailer, I hope he's listening because he has such a special place <laughs> in my heart. The actual trailer was like, it was actually very nice. But my room was like a carpeted room with a futon on the floor with like a comforter and like all of his fishing equipment was in the closet. And he was like, this is it. You're home away from yeah. home. And he was so like, welcome, you know? Well, and it was yeah. a- yes. And I serious. Oh, that is so good. 
I mean, but how about casting yourself, essentially yourself? Yeah. I mean, Ruby, I don't know that it could be more perfectly cast with Sophie yeah. von Hasselberg. Did I say her yes. last name correctly? Yeah. Bette Midler's daughter. Hello. Yeah. Um, some Hollywood royalty there. I know you have John Lemon. Jack Lemon's yeah. grandson plays Noah. Yeah. I mean, you got some real stars in the making, but really, is it weird to cast someone that's essentially you? You know, it wasn't. I think originally I was supposed to play Ruby and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I We were mm-hmm. producing, we were writing. I was just exhausted. I looked like shit. Um, I just like couldn't handle <laughs> the idea of actually having to act on top of it. And I went to SJ and I was like, I can't do this, you know? And I also feel like in retrospect, it was so much better for the movie to have Sophie in it and all the clout that she brings and also just generally mm-hmm. her talent is like next level. I mean, I think she's one of the best actresses I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And she just copied like my mannerisms. Like she just got it. Mm-hmm. And she saw, she read the script. She liked it. And as she told me, she's like, it's going to be a reach to get her. Cause she's so talented and so good, but she was like, yeah, I'm down. So oh. we brought her out like four days later. Love Amazing. That. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, we know that falling in love and love stories, rom-coms involve a lot of passion and romance, but opening up to someone and being in a relationship can be awkward and humorous and embarrassing. And I just think some rom-coms are just too light on the calm. Yours is so funny. It's so, so funny. You know, we talked before about the classic miscommunication scene between Ruby and Noah, which I think is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Um, Bad cell phone reception in the Hamptons is very well known. But, you know, she thinks he's saying one thing, like, I love you, come over. And it's the exact opposite. And I'm dying, you know, thinking even back to that scene. So is I want to talk about, like, writing the comedy part. I mean, was that intentional for you? Like, you wanted to embrace that aspect of a rom-com? Or do you, because you just find humor in love and relationships? I think you're also just a very funny person. So maybe I've answered my own question. But yeah. but talk to us about that aspect. Yeah. Comedy is so important to me as a person in life. I think it's mm-hmm. so... I'll get on my soapbox, right? Yes, Here we please. Are. We're on a pod. <laughs> it's comedy is the fabric of our lives. Like, if you can't laugh, you'll just cry all the time. That's really generally my feeling about life because it's just so mm-hmm. awful so much of the time that to find mm-hmm. the comedy is, I think, what keeps us together. And so mm-hmm. it was very important to me to just have a comedic team. Like, Carol has so much experience in comedy. I wanted to make sure the script was funny. Like, I wanted people to laugh out loud because when I watch a movie, I want to laugh out loud period, end of story. And so it was important to me to have good, good comedy in there. Um, And the actors, to their credit and to SJ's credit, their timing was excellent. So it just sort of happened, I think, that way. But the communication scene, that's funny. That's like one of my favorite scenes also. Oh, it's so good. um, It's so fun. And and that was Timothy actually gave me the idea for he was like, oh, there should be like some kind of cell phone miscommunication scene because I just feel like I probably miscommunicate in relationships like 99.9% of the time, cell phone or no cell phone. All of us. Yeah. Exactly. Like just, yeah, yeah. Totally. I just, I feel like even though I'm articulate, I'm just, I just miscommunicate. Like I'm just not, yeah. I'm just, or I'm not hearing. Like when, when the real life yeah. guy was like, we shouldn't be together. In my head, I was like, he just doesn't get it. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Yes. You don't yeah. need the cell phone mishap. Part. Yeah. There's literally yeah. our yeah. own brains do this when totally. we hear what we want to hear or you filter out the part you didn't want to hear or you're That's like, it. they didn't really mean that, even though those were the exact words they used. Even though they told me who yeah. they were, I was like, uh, yeah. not true. No. And it goes on for the yeah. right amount of time because I would have been skittish and scared and cut it off after like one or two. No, it goes on so that you really, it's really funny. It really lands. You're like, oh my gosh. Thank so you. Good. Thank you. So good. So I want to talk about the title, Love Reconsidered, and what it, like, I'm asking you to reconsider the title, mm-hmm. the love, and, and that process of all of it. What did you take away from the movie maybe the first time and now, like that you have some more distance, that it's getting more traction. When you reconsider it, what what do you take back from love and this process? Oh my God. That's such a good question. Um, (laughs) That's a really good question. Wow. What do I take back? I think, you know what? One of the biggest things that I've taken, I think, from the process is that, you know, you got to like trust yourself a little bit. You know, you can't be delusional. You can be a little delusional, but you also have to, (laughs) you know, but you have to really trust that your team and the people that you've compiled in this crazy world and this crazy idea that you've had are going to deliver for you because you've chosen the right people. And I think what I can really think about as I look back on it, I think to myself, thank God for that team um, to help me even reconsider what love Mm -hmm. is, you know, the input that Carol had, the input that SJ had, the input that even the cast had on some of the lines to just think about it differently, to think, oh my God, that's even funnier than I could have imagined. That collaborative process is what makes me keep going back to this terrible, no, not off, not always, but sometimes (laughs) terrible business because it is the most connection and excitement that I've had with other people maybe ever in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, looking back on it, we were in hell, like everything. Yeah. But But when it comes together, it's transcendent. Totally. Right? Totally. That and that's what that's what we're all chasing, right? Absolutely. All day. I love in love probably and Hollywood too. Yeah. But I think you know, in life, I think that we're all looking for connection. I I really think that that's the human condition is that we look for Mm -hmm. connection and we look for joy. And it's important to me to create projects and to write projects that try to capture some of that. Yeah. yeah. Are you Love writing that. any new projects or working on any? I know you and SJ <gasps> have a production company. So, yes. Yeah. You're writing so whatever you um, can tell us. I can. No, I can. I can. Um, we're yeah. producing um, one of Jill Cargman's new movies, who just is the funniest writer I've ever. She's, wow. you did Odd Mom Out. Yep. She's just, the script is amazing. <sighs> and we're super excited about it. And then. We're, so we're producing that. We're producing something that's a little bit out of our comfort zone, but we're stoked about it. We're producing a horror that SJ's husband wrote and Scotty Landis wrote together. And then oh. I'm writing a comedy about my mom running for state rep in Connecticut <gasps> during COVID. It's not oh about my COVID, God. but it's about her it- running for state rep. Oh, oh, this is so funny. First of all, I've heard you personally tell me some stories around yeah. that, and I'm already they're, – they're just so fun. It's just – it's a great – Great material there, I think. Wow. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. You have so that's, much in the works. Yeah. I the, mean, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about you can, I think being a little delusional yeah. is okay if you're doing 
things, right? You're like you're working, you're producing, you're writing, and then the magic makes it all come together. But you can't just be sitting alone and delusional. Like my prints will come, my movie script will land on my front <laughs> yes, door, right? right? Like you have to be actually doing the work, and then mm-hmm. be a little delusional about where it goes. Sure, why not? Right. Totally, yeah. But that's when the the fate comes in, the guy, the executive producer walking into your store. You had to have yes. written the script, right? You yeah. had put that that's in right. the universe and, and by creating exactly. this. And then that's what, yeah, you were ready in that moment when fate or kismet or whatever brought him to you. Yeah. So this is a good woo-woo psych. You know we're a little woo-woo, Ari, and <laughs> um, we're talking about fate and kismet. Now we're going to talk about astrology. We always ask our interviewees, you know, what's your sign and do you relate? I know your sign, a Virgo, and I'm pretty sure you relate, but well, you tell me. Um, yes, I'm a Virgo, but wait, I have my like other signs. Hold on. <gasps> oh, oh yay. I'm feeling that maybe. Oh, this you're but, so good. You know, I should have given you a heads up. Oh my um, God, also, you, this is very Virgo of you. I know. To, so have done your to be prepared. Yes. I'm prepared. Um, I hate not being prepared, which is also probably very Virgo of me. Um, it wait, is. Yes. I am you. Okay. I am an Virgo. I'm a Virgo. And then I'm an Aries sun and a rising Libra. I love it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It's got to be Aries. Yeah. Oh, wait, Aries moon. moon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I thought that, you know what, that little thing looks like a sun, but it's Yes, but this heart. is yeah. so crazy because, okay, well, Corinne is an Aries That's and right. an Aries rising. And I am a Libra rising, so yeah. you, we, we have a lot in common here. There's, there's some matching going on. This makes a lot of, don't you think, Corinne, for oh, her? Oh, it this makes, makes so a much lot sense. Of sense. Oh, my gosh. And what I mean is to say it makes so much sense why we love you so much. Yeah, completely. Yes. Completely. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And you that is very Virgo. And you were that prepared. Up. I know. My fave. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about so it's it's February. We're talking about love. Yeah, we want to. Um, we Kate and I are also revisiting some of our classic rom coms, some of our favorites, and it's always interesting to hear like inspirations for love reconsidered or just inspirations for your life in the rom com area. What are your faves, new or old? Oh, this is my favorite thing to talk about. I love rom coms. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so number one rom com, maybe of all time is I love, well, maybe not of all time. I love, I'll tell you the movies that I love. I don't want to like, I love. Don't rank them. I'm not going to rank them, but I love Mystic Pizza. I Mm. love, love um, such a good one. I love like all Mm. of like the Notting Hills, the Runaway Brides. I love like In and Out, which I personally believe to be a rom-com, even though an untraditional one. In and Out is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I could watch it any day, any time, day or night. I just love it. I love Love Actually. I, you know, I do. Um, I yeah. love an ensemble cast. Yeah, I love an ensemble true. cast. Yeah, and I that has been different awesome. stories. That's modeled like yours a little yeah. with the different vignettes. Okay. What were you going to say was your all-time favorite? I was going to say like Notting Hill was my all-time favorite, but I don't okay. know if it is. Because I also yeah. love like my best friend's wedding and yeah. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts is just the best. The queen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The queen. Yes. But yeah. I also love a little bit of like a non-traditional rom-com that we think we saw like later in the 2000s. Like I mm-hmm. love Catherine Hahn. I love – I think that she's just the funniest. And when you yes. put her in sort of these like indie rom-coms, she shines so bright, you know. Yes. So yeah. I love mm-hmm. something that's like a little bit untraditional. Love that too. Yeah. 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 
What like so? What makes what are the elements for you? Is it the ones that that have a lot of the comedy? Like what makes a a good rom com to you? I think a good rom com has to have comedy. Like people yeah. who are yeah. truly honest to god funny. I can't watch things yeah. that aren't funny. I I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Or when yeah. they rely too much on the situation. Yes. Right. You're like, okay, this is funny, but no one's really landing their marks and mm-hmm. it's not really working. But yeah. And then otherwise, a movie cannot be that funny on paper. And then when you get the right actors in yes. it, you're like, oh my God, this is so funny. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And their timing is so important. And I also, I think that's actually a really good point that it can't rely on the situation. It has to have all of those other elements. I've never thought about that before, but I think that's actually totally accurate. And I also feel like it has to have some kind of happy ending, even if it's a non-traditional happy ending. I'm just over watching movies that don't – it could be like, you know, I think our ending, I won't give it away. I think it's not traditional. I think, you know, it's – I don't think it's like a traditional happy ending. Right. But it's a happy ending for the character. And yes. I think that that's like so important. Like I don't want to watch movies that don't have a happy ending for the character. Yeah, you want yeah. to feel hopeful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also just yeah. don't want to feel in life like I'm not going to have a happy ending. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's yeah. bullshit. No, and I think I think yes. you're right. And I think people associate that too simplistically with, oh, riding off into the sunset or a kiss at the end. No, no, no. You just – it has to feel like, yeah, a hopeful resolution to that storyline and that character. And you guys definitely nailed it with love and consider for sure. For sure. Yeah. It was so great. Well, Ari, thank you so much for chatting with us. We are so excited that your movie is now going to be in theaters, select theaters and streaming, streaming everywhere, right? Tell that, tell people where where it's going to be streaming. Um, It is currently available. Well, I guess this will air. So it's available for streaming on Apple mm-hmm. TV, Amazon, Vudu, and YouTube at the moment. Um, right. so, oh, oh, just those. Right? No. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like so it's bizarre. amazing. I saw it. Well, I guess we're recording this before it's going to come out. But yeah. you know, it, it's available for pre-order on Apple TV now. And I saw that and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's my movie. I was just going to. Yes. Oh, but then we're going to start telling people. I didn't, Now I will we'll, we'll yeah. start plugging it even yeah. sooner because it's available for pre-order. This is like what we yeah. say with Corinne's debut novel. I'm like, people, pre-orders matter. Yeah. They help. Yeah. Like. We want to start generating the buzz. Yes. Amazing. All right. Well, we love it. Thank you so much. We were so happy to be part of the, a small part of the process. This was awesome. This was so fun.